Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Good morning, listeners. Um, Augie's not here with me today for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is he's setting up five classes online, and I imagine that leads to a certain level of personal on-fireness that he's having to deal with. But I have an excellent guest with me today, the data librarian for the libraries, Dr. Nina Exner, has um, agreed to join us and talk to me about the census. Uh, or rather the censuses, because there's more than one, I think, is there not? There is. There are so many censuses, and then there's actually uh, a bunch of other stuff that are not censuses. <laughs> Some of them are connected, collected by the Census Bureau, just to really confuse all of us. Huzzah! And, uh, <laughs> so, good morning, Nina. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, Nia. Thank you for having me. Okay, so... I Ironically, I just got my census form in the mail yesterday. <gasps> did you really? I did. I haven't gotten mine yet. So I have thoughts about like, okay, wait, no. First of all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I derailed you immediately. Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations, me. Really? So it's not really, it's not that complicated to derail me. Um, okay. So I know that there are, there's like a census of agriculture that counts yep. all the ranchers and all the acreage and all that other kind of stuff. And there's the census yep. of residential construction and right there's all those censuses but that's not the one that people think of when they're talking about the census correct when we're talking about the census we're usually talking about the decennial census or the census meaning every every 10 10 years years. okay it happens on the tens that end with the zeros so the, the we end up with the 1990 census, the 20, 2000 census, 2010, and the current 2020 census. And there, that's the census of peop, of population and housing. Okay. It comes out of the out of the the only the only one of all of the censuses that come out of the Constitution. Right, because it's that, mandated plus in my the coffee mug. It's almost like Dr. Argenbach is, is here. <laughs> Yeah, except your coffee mug is a reasonable size coffee mug, and his coffee mug is about seven times that size. This is a twenty ounce coffee mug. So he he can it's drink the gallons one I find of this stuff. It's amazing his, in his, his honor his capacity to uh, to consume coffee. So that census, mm-hmm. okay. So the word census, yes, is, actually means a thing. Okay, as opposed to survey or sample or correct. Okay. So can you define census for us? A census is, or attempts to be, um, a one hundred, which, which may come up later, a 100% collection. They try to get literally everyone. Okay, but I, I'm going to say, let's, why wait till later? Let's, let's explore that now, right? So that, mm-hmm. but that, there's no way they can get certain people, right? Like they can't, it's really hard to find all the homeless folks. It is really hard to find all the homeless folks. It's hard to find folks who may or may not be here legally. Yes, and that's maybe slightly a different problem. 
Um, but um, they do try to find people who are not here legally and they don't care whether you're here legally or not. They just want to know whether you're here physically. The census doesn't care. The census. Right? The census doesn't ask that question, right? Nope, it does not. Okay. There was a lot of kerfuffle about it. So if you've been keeping up with the news, you probably saw uh, a, a quite a lot of discussion about it, but it is not in the census. Okay. And even so if it had no been, reason... it's really hard to get that. <laughs> Okay, so there's no sense. reason not to fill out that form if you get it as far as some sort of political question. Right. There's there's really not a lot of political questions in it this time. They they kept it pretty slim. Okay. I'm going to ask you about the questions in a minute. Yep. But, okay, so we have um, sort of homeless this folks and we have... Um, there folks. are people who deliberately trying to hide from the government, uh, you know, uh, I don't know anti-government militia separatists something somethings living in the back of beyond that that really want to avoid that want to try to stay off the grid so there are those people who are deliberately trying to stay away and then i assume there's people in the gig economy right people who yep. are working nomadically they yep. they work in a place then they move to another couch in another place yep. right they have friends Absolutely. all over they do that kind of thing would be really hard to count them as well it would be hard to. They try, though. So, uh, and they actually have lots of strategies for getting all of these people, especially the ones that are just hard to find, because uh, not because they live off the grid because they're dodging the government, but because they live off the grid because that's how they and their parents, their grandparents, have always lived, sort of uh, um, sustenance agricultural folks living in the mountains or... Uh, uh, down, way down east in the middle of the swamp or I mean you know there's plenty of people who just don't normally interact with the post office does the the does the sense the post office because uh, they start with the sam with trying they're the first kind of way to, to to slice off trying to find everyone is by who's got mailing addresses oh oh okay oh well that makes sense because probably a huge number of people have a mailing address right so i mean that's gonna get you to like i i, I don't i don't know precision wise but like 95 percent of people are oh. gonna have mailing addresses and they're okay. just gonna look for mailing addresses so that's like a huge chunk of the population so worst case scenario the census is 95 percent roughly of the population like even if you couldn't figure out the rest although you said they had strategies and i know that they have so many um, strategies i know that Augie was uh, a census, he worked for the Census Bureau mm -hmm. a couple of, I think, a couple of times. Um, yeah, and I, he had mentioned to me at one point that one of the questions that you ask in person when you go, if you go in person, because you haven't heard from somebody or you, you know, you haven't gotten a form, you go in person and you say, basically, is anybody couch surfing here? Is anybody here who doesn't normally permanently live here yep. but they're staying here for an extended period of time and yep. that might help you catch some of the nomadic yep or, or gig economy folks exactly so they they the census is tries to take a snapshot at a specific day so the questions are all around april 1st oh on april 1st on april 1st on your couch who is physically in your house oh, the gotcha. people who are normally in your house and the people who are not normally in your house are all so they're, they're this is one of the ways they try to kind of get 100 percent and not 101 <laughs> percent 
Oh, I is see. By narrowing it down to one specific day. Okay, right. Because if you're a kid who lives part time with one parent and part time with another parent, mm -hmm. you would want to count them on one day. Yep. Like, was this kid with you or were they with the other parent as opposed exactly. to, I've counted that kid twice. Although exactly. historically, children have not been as well represented in the census. Right. Originally, it was only adults. Um, well, originally, it was only adult citizens. So that would and, have been white males. Right. Not adult um, marginalized people and property at the time period historically right. so looking at the history of the census it represents what was happening at that time <laughs> and so when you look at it historically it has the historical artifacts of how people valued things at the time uh, yeah for, it's it's really interesting for people if they want to do historical research in the census because mm -hmm. it gives you you're right it gives you a snapshot of what america was like in that time and it what it does, and what yeah. the government theoretically valued in that mm -hmm. time, yeah. right? Because for a long time, Native Americans were not counted, and um, uh, p people of color were counted as slaves, and then they were partially, like they were not fully people, and like, yep. and children weren't counted because children died a lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's all these different fascinating things that you can go back historically, and of course, some of it is wildly impolitic in terms of what the way we would think of oh today. yes like i mean you're, using, you're really using seeing the term the time um, using the term feeble right yep. uh, the census of the feeble-minded which we would never mm -hmm. say now and the feeble-minded covered people who weren't in fact feeble-minded no absolutely not they were just a phrase like that they were just people wanted to just shove them somewhere right so there's some pretty rude uh, things, which, by the way, um, we're going to link to a couple of those on the on the LibGuide if you're interested in going and looking at what those censuses look like. But do keep in mind that if you find that language offensive, you might want to avoid using those. Um, right. I mean, there's a, a plenty of sources of historical trauma because it is in, in to be found in the census if you're not kind of ready for seeing what how people really thought because they don't update the language to mit, to match now they they really are trying to represent the historical censuses the, the way that they were represented at the time and so that's going to be exactly like however people thought of people <laughs> at that right. point and it's well, I mean, it's nasty you don't 1700s, get hispanic, 1800s you don't get hispanic in the census until like the 60s or the 70s right when it when they start doing those in-between censuses and there are in-between population counts it's not just a straight up right but those are samples there's they're tons of other stuff but right they're right. not they're not complete even the ones that are run by the census are not since by the census bureau the government agency the census that is part of the commerce um they're not 100% every person censuses unless they say census. Uh, and even then, if it's like a census of manufacturing, it's not all of the people, it's all of the manufacturing uh, companies. Companies, yeah, plants. That are existing so, on a given on a given day at a given time. I see what you're saying about it would be impossible to 
to, you'd have to keep going back and updating your numbers if you didn't pick a yep. day yep. and make that your um, your specific, uh, this is what I'm focusing on. Yeah, and I mean, hundreds of statisticians and economists work on trying to tidy up and clean the census. But if oh. they didn't pick, narrow it down to a specific point, it would be a it would be an even bigger hot mess than it is. And it's a hot mess. <laughs> I'm so excited you brought that up because that's what I wanted to talk to you specifically about. Because there's lots of stuff that I kind of know about the census, sort of. Uh -huh. But it's a mystery to me how you take 336 million people's data mm -hmm. and turn it into something useful. Because, and I know that there, I, I'm not asking you to teach me statistics at this point, because one, you, I like you, and I wouldn't want to uh, <laughs> see, have you, have, watch you, watch me fail that, that at that level. Oh. But also, I mean. I don't have the skills for the level of stuff they do. So they, okay. So I know that when you are, so let's just say that you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we decide we're going to have the librarians commune and farm off in Iowa somewhere. Absolutely. And we're going to grow librarian corn and librarian tomatoes. Ooh. I don't know what that means, but that's what we're going to do. And so we take, we take several of us and we all go out there and we live in what is essentially one census tract because we're on a piece of property that's 800 acres. Let's just say 800 acres. That might even be what we call a block or block group. Smaller than a tract. So there's so few of us mm -hmm. that if the census just straight up reported the data, then it would be easy to tell who was who. Oh yeah, sure. Well, in Iowa too, I feel like Iowa is one of those states where you've got less than a percentage of, of African-Americans. So if, if we had any African-Americans in the group, they would know exactly who it was. Um, if we had any Hispanic people in the group, they might be able to narrow it down to two people. And then once you know, like whether that's a male or a female, then you might be able to figure out that one person. So, so what the census does then mm -hmm. is it takes data at that level and it does what I'm going to call zhuzhing, because I don't know what the, <laughs> what the statistical term would be for zhuzhing, but it zhuzhes the data such that I can't drive down a census block, even in Richmond, mm -hmm. I couldn't drive down a block and pick out which house they make a certain amount of money, which house they have a certain number of children. like. Right, because they're trying to protect people's privacy. So the, so the census is this crazed balance between we want to protect your privacy, but we do still need to know how many people live here and how many people, like if there are a bunch of kids here, we need to know whether to build a school or not, you know, that kind of thing. Yep, 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 yep. So That's they have part to of do why... that kind of, is that why it takes so long for the data to come out? Because they'll do this this year but the data won't come out won't start coming out until at least next year well they won't be finished collecting that last like tenth of a percent is really hard to nail down <laughs> all the all the homeless people all the people who are deliberately trying to dodge all the people who are just hard to find because they are hermits off in the woods somewhere um 
it's usually quite late in the year before they finish collecting everyone anyway ah um but yeah we probably won't see even the roughest national level estimates until late next year and we don't start seeing the more detailed stuff and i'm not gonna say uh tracks and block groups because we won't see a lot of those at all um and i'll get back to that in a second but we won't start seeing what used to be called series three i don't know if they still call it that uh un f until like 2023 2024 probably back back in the old days <laughs> when i first started doing this and they released it on paper and then on cd-roms we used to have to wait a good four or five years for that release. Yes. Yeah, the paper volumes used to come in about four or five of the t of the 10 year, right? So mm -hmm. 2004, 2005, right? Some, some, right, you'd start getting the national get preliminary counts. stuff. Like right. they do rough preliminary stuff where they'd say, well, okay, we have a pretty good idea of roughly how many people live in the United States. And they would tell you that number, which right. theoretically, well, and the first thing that has to come them. out is the mandatory, uh, is the data used for the redistricting. Right. Uh, so that's always the first priority is the national count, the, the U.S., we're pretty sure preliminary release data for the U.S. as a whole, and then the district counts. Right, because as we noted before, in, the whole point of this being in the Constitution is to um, is to decide how many representatives go to Congress from each district or mm -hmm. such and the like, right? And right. It, it, it determines Does North Dakota have enough people to get another House of Representatives represented? I know, it's very exciting. Yeah, North person? Dakota, it's very exciting. Um, but so it's representation and it's money, right? Mm -hmm. That's basically why, why the, the, the Constitution cares. But then the rest of it is we care because we want to know things like, so I decide I want to build a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I want to build it in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And I only want to build it for gray-haired ladies, right? <laughs> ladies of a certain age, blue hairs. And I want to call it blue hair, blue plate specials, mm. right? I need to know how many blue hairs there are in Richmond mm -hmm. and where they're concentrated so that I know yep. where to put my restaurant. So there's data, the data gets used in things like that, right? It gets used for deciding where to put a business or deciding where to put an apartment or deciding where to put a school. There's, Absolutely. There's more uses for it than just the government being creepy and wanting to know your business. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of people want to know your business, but yes, uh, I mean, definitely at least the, the, the basics of how many people, how old, live where, um, and whatever is sort of, I don't know, considered at that time, at, in that decennium, to be the, the critical stuff to find out of everyone, which is currently age, sex, uh, marital relationship status to each other, or relationship status. Uh, or how they're related to the head of household, as it were. Um, race, 
ethnicity in the sense of of Hispanic Latinx origin, and that's just about everything. I can read them off to you if you want. Um, but one of the, so income, for example, is not on this, but the decennial census being the sort of definitive exact 100% count, it gets used for all of the other sampling surveys. So you mentioned earlier sam that, that there are surveys that are, are what we call sampled. The decennial census is what gets used to tweak those samples to make sure that they're as accurate as possible. If you don't have that 100% count, the farther it's been since you had an exact count, the less accurate your sampled counts are going to be. Okay. So you can um, you can sort of imagine if I decide as a sampling technique, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand at the door of, of Cabell, and every sixth person who comes through, I'm gonna write down how tall they are and how many books they're carrying. <laughs> okay, which is a totally those huh? are totally random and yet completely awesome. That's very library-ish, you know. <laughs> so it's going to be my survey of library use. How many books are they carrying? By height. By height, absolutely. <laughs> I want to see that survey, actually. People over six feet tall carry more books than people, you know, under five feet tall. Anyway. Um, but at some point, I'm going to stop having sixth people come through. Right? So I get 6, 12, 18, 24, right? And then mm -hmm. at some point, say at 30, no one else walks through in the hour that I'm sampling. So is there 31 people that really come in? Is there 32? Is there 33? Is there 34? There's something between 30 and 36, but I don't know exactly how many people there were, right? Because I've stopped. I see. So having an idea of how many people normally come in would help me if I were a statistician or an economist or another really precise numbersy person to adjust my guess of how many books people are likely to carry by whether I think that 30th person is representing 30 through 32 or 30 through 35. I see. So, so you would look at the door count by hour mm -hmm. in Cabell, mm -hmm. and you would say normally 40 people come through the door at this time. Right. But today, only 30 people came through during this time. Mm -hmm. So I have to adjust statistically right. those numbers to make sure that I'm getting in the neighborhood. So right. what you're telling me is that statistics are not precise. Statistics are not precise. That is true. That's why you <laughs> usually have error bars around any statistics that you see. There's usually a little bar that says something about a confidence interval and there's a there's like a line, but then there's a little, if it's, if they're graphing it, there might be a, a kind of a skinny bar and then a couple of li lines outside of that. For, for people like me, that's the plus or minus. Yep. yep right. Yep, yep. Whenever they're talking about it on the news and they say plus or minus four, right? Like yep. so when you see a survey of um, 
uh, of people who are like now we're seeing a lot of polling, of course, because it's an election season. Sure. And these Tons two of polling people, people election like season. so, you know, Nina has fifty percent, give or take four, and Nia has forty-eight percent, give or take four. Mm -hmm. If you're at the high and I'm at the low, that's a huge difference. Yep. But if you're at the low and I'm at the high, it's practically no difference. It's two points. Right. So, so that's what that means, right? It's, it's the error, uh, it's the um, percentage of possible error. Right. Well, it's our, it's, mm, yes, it's the percentage of possible error. So for, for, but that for a lot of people, it doesn't mean a lot. So you might say how, it's how much you usually have how much possible error and how confident we are in that error. So there's usually two levels of error uh, ah. involved in that, but it's, it's how, how much you should really think about this is it's probably within this range. Okay. Um, so this, so, but the census helps us make those, census. those bars smaller. Okay. So that's why we want as many people as we can get to fill out the census. Mm-hmm when when they get it and to not freak out just fill it out and send it in nobody's going to know your personal information you i promise have put more information on facebook about yourself oh, in the last five minutes even if you haven't <laughs> logged into facebook if you use it in the last five minutes probably even if you don't use it in the last five minutes facebook has gotten more information than the, the census is gonna get about you. so maybe at some point we should hire facebook to do the census <laughs> Uh, there's going to be a lot more people missed then, though, well, because there's lots of people who don't have a cell phone or a computer. Well, and I don't have Facebook. Um, I know, I know. I'm a Luddite. Um, uh, I had a Facebook divorce. I, I used to have Facebook, and I got rid of it. I said, you're not good for me. You're not good you, for my mental health, dear. I'm sorry. I, I have one that I've never um, – that I have a Facebook page, actually, and I've never updated it, or I haven't updated it in, like, four years. But so – so really doing the doing the census aside from the practicalities of it also gives us a snapshot of who we are at any given moment right it's yep. sort yeah. of who's here and what's the mix what's the what's the when we talk about uh, in pol in political science we often talk about the browning of the nation mm -hmm. right that the united states is slowly moving to a, a less um, majority white population. Absolutely. We only know that because we do the census, right? We only know that because we ask and those other surveys. questions. And other but, surveys. But we, we ask those questions and they become super important to answer. So, it, yep. so now I have a, a personal question I wanna ask you. Go for it. Do you think that COVID-19 will actually help the census be more accurate or that it will be easier because people will hmm. be in place hmm. in a way or maybe in place in a way that they are not they are they're often not possibly well hmm. i mean might, that first I 95 like... that first 95 you're going to get anyway right because they have a mailing address and if they if they do the right thing and they fill in, fill out the census and send it in, you'll get them. But I'm, I'm thinking, 
I wonder if people will be less nomadic right now. Yeah, because a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the folks who, they're, they're, they're gig musicians or, or gig contractors may not be moving around as much. Yeah, well, the opening venues are closing. And so I'm wondering, I just wondered if you thought that that would have. It it might help. At, at, At the same time, the hardest, the, the last last 10 percent it might help move from from the 90 percent to the 96 ish percent but it <laughs> might make the last one percent even harder than they usually are which is pretty hard um uh, i don't know well I don't and know. then there's the whole i i wonder if people will actually be going door to door and dealing with the census oh yeah people do do, do the door to door there but it's going to be slower because they're going to have to sanitize and clean up after every single contact right so it's it's fascinating how these how things can interplay when you when you think about like this census we will look back on 10 years from now and say oh right that was the census that happened during covid right this is the first one that you can do without having to mail anything or talk to anyone so the last couple you could mail in the forms this time you can put it on online Aha, so you can do this from home without having to have any contact correct with any humans correct yes so i got my mailing and uh the i can fill it out virtually um i can fill it out i'm so jealous I, can, I don't have mine yet it'll get there soon it'll get there soon i didn't get called for soon. jury duty for eight years that i've lived here and then finally i got called and couldn't serve because i had to go to a conference i'm like really come on i want to do my civic duty um i i know i'm a goob and and what's nice is that the people who come on the show are also goobs because you're kind of a goob about this stuff too i am such a goob um so now let me ask you as your professional data management-y, person-y type work for the library. Mm-hmm. If people want to work with the census and they're not sure how to find things, how to how to do historical work with the census, can they contact you at the library? Is that something that you help folks with? Yeah, sure. I'm less good at the historical stuff because I'm really a, a modern stats person. Um, now, you mentioned the privacy earlier, though. There's a lot of things that you can't find out from this, especially from the census. Um, there's a lot of things that you won't be able to get. Like what? The, well, like you, uh, you cannot get, you're never going to get names. I don't think you can get that even if you go to the census center, which I can get back to in a minute. Um, but you definitely can't get names through an online request. I don't think well, you can get for, names at all. What do you mean? get na- you can get names for censuses that have been released though right like yes but that's the quite old ones 70, 70 years 70 yeah years or 80 years something like that so that's a genealogy thing like if people right. were they want to know where their uncle was living in whatever time they might be able to track them through the census oh yeah and the historical the old ago. censuses are used a whole lot for genealogy but so you mean modernly, you wouldn't be able to get somebody's name currently? Absolutely not. There's, okay. there's, you have to be sworn in 
under a, a number of legal privacy <laughs> acts that you're and and fill out a whole lot of paperwork and take a training and all kinds of stuff about about privacy before you could possibly see the the kind of raw names information but even the online census the american it's not the American Fan Fact Finder anymore, is it? Uh, the American census... Community Survey. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the website tool. Oh. We used to call it the American Fact Finder, but I That's... think they've changed the interface. Okay. I will get back to, I'll try to get back to the American Community Survey too, though, because that's, that's important uh, for the more complicated stuff. I'm looking up American um, Fact Finder because I thought that's what it was called. Maybe it still is. I know they were going to retire is. it at one point. It's still point. called. Is it? Yep. Okay. They so were going to the retire that is like one of those super easy things to use if you just want a quick, like the fact finder, if you go to the fact finder and you put in Richmond, Virginia, it will give you basic. Right. It'll give you a nice snapshot of like the income, the racial breakdown, education levels, some of which comes from the decennial census and a lot of which comes from the American Community Survey. So the American Community Survey is uh, the longer, more complicated, but sampled one in every seven people it used to be, it may still be. Um, is that what used to be called that. the long form? Yep, it used to be the long form and then of the census. And so every seventh person used to, I think the 2000 census was the last time we did the short form, long form thing. Every seventh person used to get a form with like 10 pages worth of questions yeah. instead of two pages worth of questions. And it had the more elaborate issues of what's your religion, what's your income, what, um, not what do you like to do for fun, that's a different survey, but um, where do you work, what industry do you work in, what job do you have? How long is your commute? How long is your commute? Uh, so I only remember that because my father had to sit down and figure it out one time when I was a kid, because they got, <laughs> they got that one mm -hmm. um, in one of the surveys when I was young. Yeah, so it was, it was a lot of questions. Now they do that separately and they do it every year to try to get a more accurate uh, picture of the changes in people's incomes, the movements of people's jobs. Um, there's also a separate, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is not the census, but does also does a lot of statistics. Uh, there's a separate uh, employment, un unemployment survey that they do. There's a lot of different surveys. Um, but the American Community Survey is what you get a lot of that information from, and they try to update that every year. But it's a sample. So they need the decennial 100% count to tweak the accuracy of that. And the farther we are from the decennial census, the less accurate, the bigger the error bars would be on that, the less accurate it gets. Okay, so since, so some survey that came out in, well, actually, that's coming out this year. Mm-hmm like because it was captured last year yes is probably at its most um inaccurate relatively probably so speaking. actually the american community survey for this year might be less accurate because i don't <laughs> think they'll be able to to weight things 
based on this year's until for another year or two because right. this is so much data even though it's a very short form it's just a a, a 10,000 buckets loaded of data but that is um brings me to another question which is the the government is counting people and stuff and parts of the economy everything all the time right like oh it's a yeah so there's not just every 10 years we do we we all count off one okay there's one really <laughs> loud person in in the united states and then we move on right like it's because because i know some of them are staggered right the census of manufacturers right. comes out every four or five years but that's offset from mm -hmm. the survey of um agriculture which yeah. comes out every ever two or three years. like there's these different numbers so is there one place where it's all gathered is there one statistical ginormous pot of all data or is it that the agencies produce their own materials and they are on their own websites and you kind of have to dig around. There is a data.gov portal that tries to give you a one stop starting place. But no, there's, there's actually 13 statistical agencies. So whole, whole departments that all they do is stuff about statistics. The Census Bureau obviously is the largest and best known of those, but there's also uh, an Energy Information Administration. There's the the um, Agricultural Statistics Service, which does the the Census of Agriculture. Uh, mentioned the Bureau of Labor Statistics. There's also a Bureau of Economic Analysis. There's a Justice Statistics. Uh, there's an education statistics, the NSF runs uh, the, 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 the Center for Science and Engineering Statistics. There's the National Center for Health Statistics at the HHS, which is in part of the CDC, which is getting a whole lot of overwork right now. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess they're, they're hustling. Transportation statistics, uh, the Social Security Administration has one. There's there's a lot. There's 13 where the whole agency is all statistics. On top of that, there are also several statistical programs that are not a whole agency, but they're part of an agency. Um, and those federal statistical programs also run major, major surveys. Um, especially now, since the rise of sort of data-driven government and transparency and accountability and trying to be more informed and more responsive to the, the real quantitatively proven needs. And I, I wouldn't be a good research and data person without saying that the quantitative pictures that we get from these surveys is not actually perfect, nor is it actually unbiased, but there's a, an attempt, there's, a, there's an idea that if we drive government by statistics, that it will be less biased. Now, there are lots of discussions about why the statistics bring in the biases that we have, uh, just like the historic census represents what we were thinking of at the time, you can't kind of not, 
If you already have assumed that slaves are property, then the census that includes counting slaves as property is not going to tell you a less biased view of the African diaspora in the U.S. because you've you've built into this to that 1780s census this assumption that slaves are not human beings. You know, so we 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 can embody our assumptions into data in a way that doesn't actually make them unbiased. So I have to put that there. So Data carries thing, our biases. That thing, that, that old phrase, lies, damned lies, and statistics, <laughs> is actually accurate in some ways in the sense that you, if you go in asking a certain question, then you're bound to get the answer to that question. Like, you're, you, have you may to not sure. get the answer you expect, but you're going to get a, an answer that's biased by the assumptions you brought with the question that you tried to ask. Okay. Which is why, um, which is why, when you're setting up a data, like when you're setting up a survey, mm -hmm. it's super important to try to make those that material as neutral as you can. Hence, the the difference between the questions that the regular census is asking and the questions that the American Community Survey is asking, which are much more subjective in some ways than how old are you? Which is generally speaking, unless you're one of those people who's eternally 29, is, <laughs> is relatively They ask your objective. age and your birth date for that very reason. <laughs> it's relatively objective, right? It's relatively, no, that's actually a fact. It happened on a certain day, you know, however many years ago, right? That kind of thing, as opposed to how long does it take you to get to work? The reason I bring that up is because my father, what my father did with colorful language attached was he said, is that during rush hour? Is that when I go in early? Is that like, he was, he said, why don't they ask me how many miles, right? How many miles it is? And they do, but they also ask you how long it takes because apparently in places like Los Angeles, two miles doesn't actually mean anything. <laughs> because if you're two miles, but you're on street, on, on regular streets, you may not get there for half an hour, right? Like that's, sure. whereas two miles in Mechanicsville is how fast can I go? That will, that will get me there within the legal limit, of course. But, you know. Sure, but two miles down 95 coming out at Russia at five o'clock. Uh, right. Versus. Coming out of, of downtown. 4 a.m. Where. 4 a.m. is a totally to different. Cop, you can, you know floor it i'm just saying it's not legal but you can <laughs> so it depends so yeah so it's, it's interesting to me that there's this sort of um struggle between we need to know things that we can ask without there being a question of bias right and then we need to we want to know these things sure because i mean when you get one of those news stories that's content. When you get one of those news stories that's, you know, what cities have the worst commutes. Exactly. And best commutes. And then that gets bucketed into these quality of life estimates. Um, there's, so there's, but then you see a quality of life score and you, people, many people won't dig into what are the components of that. They just assume, oh, yay, quality of life is really good in my city. Well, and quality of life to who right right to whom to who anyway um for who 
for whom? Ah, oh, no, it doesn't work either way. The preposition doesn't change it. But like quality of life to me is, frankly, the level of good restaurants in the city. But if you're pretty not sure that's going to go into most people's <laughs> quality of life scores. But if you're not a person who eats out, right? If you're a home chef and your big thing is chefing, then what's important to you is the quality of food that you can get in a city that you can make your own. So yeah, mm -hmm. I could see where those would be um, would be interesting questions. You know, it, it's just it's fascinating to me because we this year it became I think more political than it has been in past years for a variety of reasons. But it I, I always I know this is going to sound ridiculous and sort of over romanticized big Byronic R, but um, I, I think it's really cool that the American government undertakes this. You know what I mean? That every 10 years they say, all right, everybody put on your walking shoes. We got to go out here and do the census. And they, and I know it's mandated, so they don't have a choice, but I also think, yeah, but I've met census workers and they seem to really enjoy what they do. Like they honestly believe that the work that they're doing helps people it helps it mm. helps cities it helps the country it helps us overall and i think that's really it does. when augie talks about it he gets this smile on his face it's kind of you know sort of he clearly remembers it as an interesting time in his life and as a and as a fascinating thing for him to do Census taking is pretty cool, actually. Uh, I mean, it's a it's an an interesting job, but they also it, to to talk to lots of people, but also thinking about how people think about things and how complicated a seemingly simple question can be. Because one of the things census takers do is help. They're not allowed to interpret the questions, so there's a a, a tight line between repeating the question and, and interpreting it, but to help people kind of work through so, what some of the questions may mean for them. And, but also just the, the census contributes to so many things. So if you're going to set up a restaurant, the, the decennial census is going to directly affect things like how many people live where, the census of the economic census, which is a census of businesses that happens every five years, I think on the twos and sevens, or maybe the threes and eights, um, will help you know where your competition is already. Um, the American Community Survey will help you know how many people have how much money where um, the decennial census, the, the, the 2020 census will help um, with the sort of ethnic and, and racial diversity to a certain extent. So what kind of foods you might want to get. And then the American Community Survey has the more detailed ethnicity breakdowns that might get more into which which ethnic food types might be of most interest, although it doesn't necessarily get into what's just sort of trendy right now. But, but as far as which authentic, are you going to want to have more Afghani or more Greek or more Turkish or, you know, uh, the, 
regional variations that a lot of that's reflected in the American Community Survey. The state, and we didn't even, these are all national. At the state and local level, the transportation statistics talk about how many people drive past a certain intersection and how much foot traffic a certain location might have. So that might affect where you choose to place your restaurant. Um, the stuff that comes out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics and Bureau of Economic Analysis, a lot of that talks about uh, short-term trends in income and consumer spending and uh, unemployment and all kinds of things like that. Um, if you wanted to have one that was library themed or data themed, uh, there, uh, there's, and some college towns have a lot of sort of geek themed and, and academic themed stuff. Um, there's a lot of e educational and science statistics that come out about like which, which themes might you want? Is it should be more like physics geekery or should it be more like chemistry geekery? If I own, if I was building a restaurant right now, I would theme it on Baby Yoda. <laughs> yes. I would theme it on the Mandalorian. I would build it like the restaurant in the Mandalorian. I would serve everybody broth. It would be, and pe and and people would love it because you know right now that's cool. But the I'm problem sure with doing that people that, are planning on doing that at well at Disney World. Well, the problem with doing that is that you know three years from now when that's no longer the thing, or even next year or next month, depending on you know <laughs> how long lived things are. Um, I think that one has another year or two in it. But there's there's. Yeah, you have to be careful about the trendiness, but it does show you sort of long-term trends too. Um, I know that some of the census data will show you if larger groups of of ethnic populations are moving into an area, mm -hmm. right? So, so something becomes a, an area. Uh, you get the first group of say, uh, I'm just picking uh, French people, right? Mm -hmm. You get the first group of French people who move into an area. And then a whole bunch of other French people move there because they either are related or they know those people or they feel comfortable because it's starting to be a French area of yep. the United States, right? I'm thinking about parts of Michigan um, and Minnesota, right? Where, where there's, and yeah. New York, where there's sort of a comfort level. Or around for, here, German. Right. Well, in the, mid, in, in the Mideast, you get all the Norwegian, Swedish, right? Like those. Yep folk. Um, and so if you were going to build a restaurant and you were going to build it in this area, you would want it to at least give a nod to French food mm -hmm. or grandma and grandpa aren't going to eat there, right? Like maybe your hipster young people would say, oh, I'm going to go for Thai in my French neighborhood. But your, your um, people my parents' age and even some people my age would be like, oh, that weird Thai food. I don't know. I want my good old French food. Give, give <laughs> well, me holidays. But, but it's true. The, right? those, so, those, those statistics, the big statistics like that of how, you know, where are the young people of what ethnicity, where are the older people of what ethnicity, where are the, who's got what kind of money, what kind of jobs, you know, who's working day jobs and night jobs, a lot of that stuff. How much disposable income do they have? How much disposable can my, income? Can my restaurant make it if we only serve dishes that are $40 a plate? Or, you know, mm -hmm. probably not. When um, you apply for a business, small business loan, those 
you get a lot of those statistics and the the public library the downtown library does a huge amount of work in that area and and our business librarian does a lot for the school of business students that are talking about how to write a how to write a business plan how to write a small business loan application all that stuff depends on statistics the bank doesn't want to know your opinion that you're business will be do a good job <laughs> everyone thinks their business will be doing a good job they want to know some numbers right if they're going to put their money on the line they want to know they're not going to lose it so thank you so much for talking to me about this today i really appreciate you um answering my questions but also just giving me different insight into the different parts uh, i like that there are lots of moving parts i also um there's lots of pri legal privacy protections about it too, though. Right. The unlike the Facebook data, which is more of a corporate license, the government data, there are a number of laws. Uh, the the CIPSIA, confidential information protection statistics something something act. Uh, <laughs> And, and a couple of others to protect things like trying to figure out whether there's an African-American Jehovah's Witness married to a person half their age living down the street from you or something like that. You know, to, to trying to dig into people's individual personal data through these. That's really hard to find. <laughs> Which That's is good. Nearly impossible, good. yeah. We, wa we want that to be hard to find. I mean, exactly. we want there to have to have been a court-ordered reason for that information to be released. Like Even a court-ordered reason is pretty, well, pretty hard. When you have, like, I was going to mention sex offenders, right? Like, there's a sex offenders registry. That yes. part of what you are, part of your punishment is that you have to be registered. And it goes, and but even that goes on that registry, but that doesn't mean that your other data becomes open. Exactly. So, so exactly, you don't lose protected. right to you don't lose right to everything. You lose right to certain things right. by court order. But even that doesn't mean that now everybody can know everything about you. Yeah. Because that's what's called identity theft. Yes. Um, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> and the census does not want to help people do identity theft. It does Although, not. Although I'm, and uh, we'll probably never ask you, except possibly the one that the statistics of income through the IRS uh, will not ask you for your social security number. Census takers ain't going to ask you for your social security number. So, uh, and they will have census badges and IDs and stuff like that. So don't be. Uh, Thank you. That's an excellent point to uh, to make before we wrap up. Is if somebody calls you and says they're with the census, they're probably not. They're probably not. Um, if they're if, with a government agency, they will say the agency. They'll usually call in advance first, or you'll get a mailing first saying this agency is going to contact you. They will have identifications. They'll give you a website that you can look it up on. That'll be a .gov website. If they are worth their salt, they will be willing to take you calling them back. Yes. If you say, that's great, let me write down your number and I'll call you back. And they say, oh, no, no. Then you know you're being scammed. Yeah. Um, and they'll almost never they ask you for your social security number. And they definitely will never ask you for a bank number. Yeah. 
they're not asking you for any of that information. So if you get that information, if you're listening to this and you get that information or get that request, you're that's an attempt at scamming. And this happens every time there's a big census. S somebody figures out they can call people and start saying, "Oh, well, we just want to access your blah blah blah. Why don't you give us this information?" Oh sure. And well, COVID right now, COVID's probably a bigger risk than the census, to be honest. Uh, you know, I. But either Don't one, give that either information one. to anybody for any reason. Yes. Like if nobody calling you legitimately is going to ask you for a password, they're going to ask you, they're not going to ask you for your social security number, none of that stuff. They're not going to ask you for identifying information. If they don't have it, then they don't need it. Exactly. Right? That's, so that's how I, I know. I know you were trying to wind down, but I had to put that in there. There's, no, there's a lot of rules about this and, but that doesn't I, mean you should give wacky information out. Your social is not, anyone's they'll know it if they need it <laughs> right thank you because that's that's an excellent point and i had it on my list of things to ask you about and completely forgot so because of course that's how this works so um if if and when we get any sort of interesting stuff going on with the census data will you come back and talk to us about it absolutely yay well thank you so much for your time and uh thank i'll you talk for to you again me. soon all right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.